Welcome back to another episode of the series called The Players Are Loud. And today we've got, man, a longtime friend and longtime musical collaborator. Um, man, so proud to have him a part of the new record. This is Dee Rosario. Everybody say hello. Dee comes to us from Germany and... Um, Dee used to live in the States, and uh, some of you who have checked out at least, gosh, there's at least a couple of the episodes so far that we've, we've talked about the band Beehive, and um, yeah. we, uh, Dee was, was one of the members of, of Beehive, and uh, as, as was I, obviously, and, and boy, we've got, we've got lots of crazy memories from, from those days, but <laughs> We, we'll see whether or not we even get to that today. But Dee, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome to the program. And I don't know how to say hello in German, but if I could, I would. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, thank, thank you for having me, brother. Yeah. It's, it's an man, honor it's, to be here. It's an honor it's to be It's an here. honor to, to have you here. Uh, gosh, man, you, uh, you're one of my best friends. We, we go way, way back. Um, I, uh, I just to kind of bring everyone up up to speed on on the current. So so D played on a, a a song on the new record called "Without Love." It's actually based on a the, the theme of the song is based around a, a Bible verse in in First Corinthians, and I won't I won't give the show away on, on that song yet. But um, but a pretty a pretty heavy theme to the to the song um, and. It really, it really kind of talks, the lyrics that sort of address the, the idea that, you know, you can do, you can do all kinds of great things that look great on the outside, you know, the aesthetics, you know, are, are real friendly looking or, or uh, are, are real uh, noble looking. But if, if the heart behind those intentions is, is not one that's, that's pure, if the intentions are not pure, if, if you don't do these things in in love, these these acts of charity or or whatever, in in love, they they lose their luster and they don't really carry as 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 much weight as maybe they they should. Um, D, it was important for you to be on this song because um, you know you and I share you and I share a faith life. We we share very common ideas about you know how to live life. And and man, you've been such a uh, You've been such a mentor to me, whether you realize it or not, to me and, and Stephanie both, in just how you have faced uh, incredible challenges and, and hardship in, in your life. So amazing to 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 come through it. Um, I would argue even stronger than than before. Man, what a great example you are of a of a human being, of a father, of of a friend. And I and this is a this is a heavier intro than usual for these for these interviews but i just i just wanted to tell you how important it was to have you on this song because it had a very heartfelt message so thank you what for what you for what you brought to this and and uh and thank oh, you man, for, it was a pleasure. for your friendship it was a pleasure you, brother uh, and yeah i'm oh, sorry ahead. there's an echo here i i i, I want to yeah. shut up now and kind of let you talk about uh you know your your involvement with with the record and just you know maybe if there's anything you want to share Oh, oh man. Uh, well, first things uh, first. Uh, this is for me is a is a dream come true. Believe it or not, this is uh, something that I have always uh, wanted to do is uh, collaborate on your on your stuff. We we collaborated on on Beehive stuff and we collaborated on on other stuff, uh, but uh, but never on your stuff. And uh, I remember going back to the i don't know if you remember this man you had just joined the band and uh bill had told me that you were playing one of your gigs at a barnes and noble bookstore uh, oh wow yeah, yeah dude, i this remember is that circuit yeah yeah and um and it was you and you had sam there uh sam skelton and you had bill hart i i had... know the exact gig you're talking about and yeah just, i awesome. would not have remembered that had you not brought that up and i had a i had my uh a bass i had just gotten from greg kerbo yeah yeah it was a blue exactly a blue the uh, blue one kerbo uh it was called the retro the retro, correct? Yeah, the five yeah. string. 
Uh-huh. That was a prototype that was that was built. <laughs> and I was I was so excited to play that as well. And you were there, man. That's right. Incredible. Yeah, man. I was there and I remember just uh taking it all in live, you know, and uh and and my jaw dropped, first of all, because I had not really heard you play your jazz stuff yet. Uh so my jaw dropped and I was like, man, crap, and this guy's gonna play in our band now. How how in the world am I gonna keep up with this dude? Oh, you know? Goodness, <laughs> it's <no>. like <laughs> So, so, you know, the wheels were turning going, oh, my goodness. And uh, and yeah. And, you know, fast, uh, fast forward to our first rehearsals and our first gigs and hitting the road. And I remember me sitting there picking your brain um, in the um, on the bus, you know, it's like, hey, Adam, you know, what can I do here? What can I do there? Give me some tips and some pointers, man. And I even joined. I even remember joining one of your lessons at uh, at AIM oh, when wow. you were teaching at AIM. Uh, I sat in one of your lessons and you gave me and you gave up these charts on on um, uh, what what to do in certain chord progressions and how to play a solo like with rhythm rhythmically instead of just playing play stuff like you know stuff stuff like that and and that whole time I was thinking man I would love to be able to get good enough that I can at least one day play on at least one of your songs you know and and Oh, man. I know that <laughs> I know that I pestered you through the years when you were like, yeah, I'm working on a new album. Oh, hey, man, you know, don't forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so so audience, I have to I have to uh, clarify a couple of things. Number uh -oh. one, D is is uh, one of the most humble people you'll ever meet in your life. And um, although Thank he's saying you. some Thank very you. nice things and and man, it means the world to, to hear you say that. D is a ridiculous guitarist and he, oh, and he, uh, uh, he, although we may have been, you know, discussing whatever theory concepts or, or whatever back then that maybe you, you know, weren't studying at the time or, or whatever that, that took absolutely nothing away from, from, from his status already as an amazing guitar player. And thank you. Um, one of the, I, I want to add too, you know, one of the things about Beehive that was really cool. So we were a we were a funk band and obviously vocal led and, and all that other stuff. You know, that was that was a big, huge part of, of of what we did. But that was a band where we all stretched out too. I mean, I remember absolutely. <laughs> I remember clearly. You know, you had your opportunity in the set, man. You had a, a really long guitar solo. It was great. How. And, and one of the things I'll never, ever forget about how you played solos, like a, a long guitar solo or a long bass solo or a long solo period, it's intimidating, the thought of doing that, because you think about <laughs> yeah. it, it's like, you know, if, if you're playing for a long period of time, you know, it certainly is possible you're going to run out of ideas, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. a lot of time is, is through and uh there's there's a lot to be learned from from putting yourself in that situation but but d you've always been man you've always been a master of of building the solo and telling a story uh and you did such Thank a great you, job back then you still do it now um you know you did it on on this on this new record you you kind of you you introduce something and it's like you sort of draw people in and then by the time you get to the end like you got some blazing thing you're doing it's it's like a perfectly <laughs> it's a perfectly timed tale told Thank through you. you know guitar strings but where where did you get that from is that just from people you've listened to or you're you just kind of naturally that, that is like <laughs> That is a that is a great question, man. And and honestly, believe it or not, you are the first person person that has ever asked me that question. Oh, uh, well, congratulations! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I learned my skill. You you have to see where I come from. You know my my musical background. I was uh, born and raised in in Puerto Rico. And, uh, and and Puerto Rico and in Puerto Rico. Um, I love how you did the thing, the Spanish where, thing. Where sí, it's, it's the it's sí, the sí. suddenly hop into <laughs> hop into accent mode. Si, sí, señor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's um, yeah, a thing. So, that's that's that's, yeah. what, that's what we do to 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 
respect and pay homage to the, the culture and the names and all that stuff. Sorry. Uh, absolutely, man. I, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, growing up in Puerto Rico, you know, I was I was surrounded by uh, salsa music. <clears throat> And that was all I was uh, exposed to outside of the house. Inside of our home, uh, my father was a huge um, American music fan. And I remember sitting there uh, listening to every Beatles album he had. And I would just play mm. them over and over and over and over. I mean, I was three years old, four years old. Wow. Um, so your introduction yeah. to, to pop music or popular music was the Beatles. The Beatles, man. So cool. Wow. Yeah. From from Meet the Beatles all the way to 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 the last album and uh, and and my dad had a Hendrix album in there too. Oh um, wow! Okay, Electric Lady. Now it's so, all starting so, to make sense. Yeah, yeah. So of course that that uh, that uh, piqued my interest in the electric guitar. So I bought one, and when I was twelve or thirteen, I started getting more into the rock stuff. And and I remember the the band that influenced me the most. I went from the Beatles to Rush. Wow. Like right away. Boy. Alex Lifeson, man. That guy is the rhythm king, man. I tell you what, Rush has been a recurring theme in these interviews and not by any of my provocation. It's it's amazing to hear how many people in our generation, like, you know, coming up in our musical circles were influenced by them. But Yeah, man. I think everybody that I know was influenced by them in some shape or form. Absolutely. So mm. So I got my rhythm chops from Alex Lifeson. And then that is when I started getting into soloing. I was 14, 15, and I started trying to figure out how to this solo thing uh, worked. I did not know music theory. I did not know music. I was just kind of figuring it out on my own. And then I started listening to, uh, to two bands that these guys really uh, drove this point home for me. Um, Toto, Steve Lukather. Oh, yeah. And uh, Journey, Neil Sean. Yes, yes. And those guys are the masters of the melodic solo, especially Agreed. Neil, Neil Sean. You know, Neil would always play the, 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 the main vocal melody as a solo, and then he would break off into his own little thing and then come back to the, to the, yeah. the melody. And it was amazing. And that's where I got it from. Wow. That's where I got it from. Man, that, and it makes so much sense now, um, just kind of tying that together. I, I, all these years I've known you, I, I never really knew the the timeline of, of your influences. I mean, I knew you liked those bands, but I didn't realize that they were such a you know integral part of how you were learning how to play guitar. That's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you do you remember the very first guitar solo you learned by chance? Oh my goodness, yes, I can. The uh, <clears throat> the the very first guitar solo that I learned was for my first high school band talent show. The music teacher had heard from somebody that there was this kid in, in the school that, that could play the electric guitar. So he called me. I, I was not even part of the music program. Oh, wow. But he calls me into his office and asked me if, if I would be interested in being part of his band, you know, the, the last band of the show. And I said, sure. And he's like, yeah, then uh, we're going to be playing a Led Zeppelin song. And I have to be honest with you, back back then I was like, Led who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at that moment, I was introduced to the magic of uh, Jimmy Page and the mm. song was Stairway to Heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Classic. So here, here I was. <clears throat> 14, ah, 15 years old, had to learn Stairway to Heaven, all of the guitar parts, and then have to do that mega long solo at the end. So you can imagine how I was feeling. I was like, you know, shaky yeah. hands, didn't know what to do, barely knew my own instrument at the time. And, wow. uh, and from, from everyone's accounts to this day, I did a pretty good job. That's awesome, <laughs> I don't believe man. him, but, you know, but I guess, you know, I guess it's... You know, uh, the Led Zeppelin catalog should probably be required curriculum in every aspiring guitar player's uh, educational Absolutely. Path. I mean, just... Absolutely, man. I, You know, man, I, I am... I, I'm like I'm like that, too, when it comes to Led Zeppelin. John Paul Jones, I mean, I tell everybody, you know, he taught me the, the, the blues scale, you know? Like, it's... <laughs> I could not get enough of, of uh, his, his bass lines and... Oh, no, to this day, I mean, I, I still I hold them in highest esteem, you know, uh, with with so much of the 
the other stuff that, that I was really trying to, you know, aspire to play. But uh, Led Zeppelin, good grief, what an iconic band for musicians and just mu appreciators of music alike. I mean, just, yeah, man. just incredible. Yeah. They were, I guess they really were kind of an anomaly, uh, you know, when they, when they first came out, um, you know, in, just in terms of the uniqueness of what they were mm -hmm. doing. And, and the good grief, you know, just the, just the time signature craziness that was going on with, with that. Absolutely, like, man. John Bonham, that guy was a monster percussionist, man. There, there were not many bands that were successful at bringing time signature changes to the mainstream, <laughs> no, of, no. you know, album oriented rock or whatever. I mean, it's just, man, I, it pretty, pretty amazing stuff for, for sure. When you, yeah. um, you know, when you were kind of growing, you know, through this, uh, through listening to these these different players that that you were following, did you ever you ever take any sort of like sharp left turns or right turns and, and break off into like completely different style of music? Like, did, were you ever sort of mesmerized to to be taken off that path at least temporarily? Was there because you already had a diverse musical background from your cultural? experiences did you ever get into anything else like were you ever Duran uh, Duran nut or anything uh, actually yeah, well pop pop music yeah man pop, yeah. pop music was an integral part of of my growing up I mean even bands like the, the police and, and yeah stuff like that in Puerto Rico unfortunately we we, we only had one radio station that played um, American music and it was and and it was called Alpha Rock 106 and and uh, they played a lot of progressive stuff like Saga. I'm really? also a, a huge fan of Saga. You know, Ian Ian Crichton, the guitarist. That guy's a phenomenal guitarist that is highly underrated in the U.S. Now Saga and, uh, weren't weren't they a Canadian band? Yeah, a Canadian I, band. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. And they have like twenty plus albums. See this this was a. This was a huge learning curve for me uh, in so many ways doing doing this record it, because this being like a departure for me and having the vocal stuff and all of that, the feedback that I've been getting from from listeners, it's it's been crazy because some of them go, oh man, this this vocal really reminds me of this or, oh man, totally takes me back to this. And they're telling me bands that I've heard of, but I never listened to. And I'm a late, I'm such a late bloomer with Saga because I was only uh, familiar with the, you know, with the radio hits, maybe mm -hmm. just a tiny bit deeper under the surface of that from, from having friends that were listening to them and just, you know, hearing in a passive way, some, some albums getting, getting played. But it's, it's funny how, because of the influences you have, there there may be a pool of bands out there that kind of fall into the same category. Yeah. You're yeah. writing music that's influenced by your direct influences, not realizing that it's also probably sounding like it could be influenced from these other fringe bands that you never even got into. It's a weird thing. That's right? true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's been cool yeah. to, to hear. But Saga was one of the bands that they brought up. So now I'm all in this kick for you know saga i'm like going back and listening and going oh wow this is i never oh, even man. knew about this and so i'm now oh, going man. back it's 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 so cool they have a huge catalog huge catalog it really is it's, it's and, it, and it's really sad it's really sad that in the that in the states they never took off uh as a matter of fact i never got to see them live and this is crazy i never got to see them live until i moved here oh to wow germany and they did their 40th anniversary tour. Oh, wow. And I got to watch them live, man. And I was... What was front. that like? It was... Dude, for me, it was a... It was a mind-blowing experience to see the band that I grew up listening to in Puerto Rico finally live, you know? How with, much of the band the original is original members? members? Uh, uh, four of the five were original. The, is the, the vocalist drummer. the same or yeah oh yeah oh yeah michael right? sadler Mike, wow. michael sadler the christian the Crichton brothers and um i forget the drummer's name oh my goodness nagus nagus yeah his last name is nagus so wow uh, uh keith can probably tell you <laughs> man 
you could tell a true fan of a band when they're starting to name band members. You know, it's not like, yeah. oh, yeah, I loved Saga. They were amazing. Um, I don't, who, who was the singer? Bob? Yeah, who was the singer? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But yeah, man, I mean, but but that was really actually not my big departure musically. My because I was already uh by the time I was uh, 17, I had moved to the to the mainland US to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, was, uh... Falcons baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't be don't they'll they'll do better this year, 2021. Yeah. Guaranteed. A, I'm glad I'm not a football fan because there'd be a lot of heart, even more heartache in my life. Than, oh man, it was know. painful to watch. <laughs> But they'll but they'll do better this year, guaranteed. But yeah, uh, when I moved to the to the mainline US, you know, I I dug deep into blues and funk. You know, I, f I fell in love with uh, funk music. You know, Parliament, Funkadelic, um, JB and the BBs, which is the J James Brown's uh, first band, uh, a Cameo, who are from Atlanta. You know, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Prince, uh, uh, Morris Day and the Time, and on and on and on. But my huge departure was once I was a member of Beehive and uh, we brought along this bass player by the name of Adam Nitty. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, that's and then everything just fell apart from there. For me, it was an eye-opening <laughs> experience, man. When I first got to hear you play our first rehearsals, the first gig that I, that I got to see, and then when we sat down and I asked you, it was like, you know, who are your influences, your bass influences? And that's when you brought up John Patitucci. Yeah. And you brought up the Chikoria Electric Band. Yeah. So I went out and I bought uh, the, the well, by then it was the first album, I think, mm -hmm. uh, the Chikoria electric band yeah, yeah uh which which had the song got a match on it oh yeah that's and yes. that for me that was that's a, a my mind was blown and i also got like scared i was like how am i gonna do this on a guitar man it's like do, 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 it's like i didn't even know how to do half of that stuff so oh, but you 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 kind of threw me into the deep end when it came to jazz fusion and uh and i just kept on going from there man i just yeah. started I started listening to all of these other fusion players and all these other fusion bands, and uh, that's what opened up my eyes to to the to the jazz thing. It was you. It's your fault. It's my fault, boy. You know, um, I want to give like a uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a uh, uh, complimentary account to those to those days because um, you know whether y'all realized it or not. You know, finally. Um, getting a, a more formal membership into what what was labeled as a as a funk band uh, yeah. back back then was a was a big deal because um, it's funny I know you I know you've experienced this before you know like uh, for human nature you know people's first impressions are are usually the lasting impression or or at least temporary impression uh, until they're until they're they're shown uh, or proven otherwise. But yeah. um, because of kind of like the different musical situations that I was kind of you know floundering around in at at, at the time, there were some who had heard me in like a fusion context for the first time, and they kind of they kind of just sort of like put me in that box of you know oh yeah. this is what that that player does you know and. Um, even though I, I, up to that point, had played in other like R&B um, and also like what, what I'd call more like funk rock type of type of uh, bands. Mm -hmm. um, King Daddy comes to mind as one of the bands that, but before the Beehive days. Um, it was like it was for me, it was like a, a needed boost of confidence and vindication to, to have you know, players like, like Billy and, and you and, and, and Tom, it was like that sort of like approval of this guy, this guy fits into the band because you know how it is, man. Like you can't necessarily, <clears throat> I want to say this diplomatically, uh, you know, like just because a player can play jazz or just because a player can play rock does not mean that they are already going to be seasoned sounding player in a funk context or in, yeah. or in an R&B context, right? Mm -hmm. And you really do have to be a student of the music 
before you're able to to play it. You have it takes so much listening, like you're talking right. about. You know, coming up as a kid, three years old, like you're having an opportunity to soak this stuff in. And I'm, I'm just, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people who believes that you, you know, you can't unless there is some divine exception made for you, and you know, you're mm -hmm. you're a prodigy already. Uh, you know, born that way, able to do some certain thing. It's like to, to be a seasoned player in a style of music requires immersion and listening and experience and all of that. And yep. most people that heard me in a fusion context, they, they didn't know anything about my experience trying to learn in listening to R&B, funk and all these other things that, that mm -hmm. were more on the fringe from whatever, from what they were, from what they were seeing. And, right. and that's something that I've had to fight for my entire career. It's like, you know, people trying to get a, get a read on what kind of player you are. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I love so many different types of music. I've, I've worked hard at, at trying to play different types of music. It's tough sometimes, you know, to, to not be, um, pigeonholed you know and absolutely do you, you ever feel like you you had been pigeonholed in in your music career oh man uh <laughs> um i would be lying to you if, if i said no uh i've been pigeonholed uh, many times unfortunately um another problem uh which is sort of like the flip side of what you were talking about is uh, when people see you, for, 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 for example, you know, Adam, Adam Needy is playing and you go watch Adam Needy and you think to yourself, that guy's a great jazzer. But then you think to yourself that this is the only thing that Adam can do. Um, that's the same thing that has happened to me. You know, the people that have met me in a certain musical scenario think that I'm great at that, but that is the only thing I can do. Yeah. And that is rather frustrating, mm -hmm. but I also understand they have not seen you outside of that musical context. Yeah. Uh, when they do get to see you out of that context, then they realize, oh wow. Uh, one one example that I, that I can give you about uh, from that is if you remember in in our in our Beehive days, and we uh, started playing in this little town called Columbus, Georgia. Oh yes. <laughs> and uh there we met uh, uh kenny uh, kenny thomas mm -hmm. the uh country singer and his band uh cornbread and um i remember at one point in time something had happened uh and uh i they asked me to fill in for a couple of gigs and oh uh, that's right yeah 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 i now uh, that's starting to come back to me now yeah, yeah. that's right. and i ended up and I ended up playing a couple gigs with uh, Cornbread as a as a sub, and I ended up uh, be becoming their 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 regular guitarist. So tell the viewers more about um, what what Cornbread was was like as a band, just you know stylistically and all that. Cornbread was uh, your uh, country uh, country band, uh, more country pop, yeah. because we didn't have violins and we didn't have lap steels and. And and Kenny doesn't sing with a twang, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But 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 it's more. I would say more Americana than yeah. country. Kenny yeah. just has a has a great way with words. He's a he's a poet, you know. He's he's a he's a poet that uh, um, brings his words to life by using music, and 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 it was very I would say Americana, strong Americana, country pop, country rock kind of stuff. And I and I did that for a while. Yeah, two or three years with them, and that and was we also toured. That was during yeah. that was during the Beehive days, right? That was towards the end of the Beehive yeah. days, actually. Because I thought Saturday, I remembered yeah. you juggling both at, at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And at one point in time, I I even became sort of like a permanent resident in uh, in uh, in Columbus. <laughs> in Columbus. I, was, I was I was spending a lot of time down there. So. <laughs> Boy, we had some fun down there. Yeah, we did, man. Great people out there, and I'm and yeah. I'm and I'm still friends with uh with uh, quite a few of those. That's so cool. the the old Columbus crowd. Is so. that right? Yeah, and Kenny Kenny has moved on to do some really great things, man. I was gonna just ask you what what is Kenny doing now? He's still he's a he's a motivational speaker, and wow. uh, you know started 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 a family. Um, 
uh, still does work uh, with uh, veterans. You know that he's a veteran himself from mm. uh, from from the Rangers, Army Rangers. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, and he still does his music. He still sings in festivals and yeah. for special events and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he's, God he's bless really him. That is that is really cool. That's very he's doing cool. some good stuff, man. Wow. But yeah, I mean, that goes to show you, you know, that uh, I, that's why I don't like to pigeonhole people because. Yeah you only know that one chapter of their book. Right. You know, and you know, I, just being honest, I mean, I, I catch myself doing that still today and having been a, having been victim of it <laughs> still, it's just, like I said, it's human nature. Like if it is, it is, you know, if given, if you're following a player and this is the blessing and the curse sometimes of, of uh, social media in, in terms of what, what sort of traffic you're, you're getting from certain things. If, if all of, you know, if, if you're playing like in two bands that are equally as busy and one of the band has got, you know, serious social media chops and they're posting everything and you're playing in this certain context and people see and hear you in this context all over social media, then that's the other band you're playing in. You're killing it in that band, but they hardly ever post anything and no one ever yeah. <laughs> see you do this totally different stylistic thing. What are people going to assume? Well, they're obviously going to assume, oh, this is what they do. This is the main thing. You know, it's not it's, it's understandable, you know, that that's kind of how it works. But I think the, the lesson that I'm taking from this more than anything else is just, you can't get, cause I used to, I, I would get so hung up and just worried about what if, you know, what if people see this, like, you know, to the yeah. point of when I first moved to Nashville, I, I was afraid to let anybody see any instrument of mine that wasn't a four string on a, on a session or, you know, really? It was so, wow. yeah. And that, and I, and I kind of, I hate to admit this, but that was even at the advice of a couple people that were kind of telling me, Hey, you know, being new to town, you know, you might not want to just, you might want to share your, your instrumental stuff too much, you know, cause people okay. here, you know, they, they get the wrong idea or whatever. And I, I didn't want to really believe that, but, but, but it makes sense. It, it makes sense. And, and, you know, when it comes to having trust uh, from, from fellow musicians and just, you know, knowing that you can do the job the way it needs to be done, yeah. you really have to, and this is what I was, this is the point I was going to make. And what, the thing that I took from this more than anything else is just always make sure that, you know, whoever you're working for, whatever your situation you're working, you're always playing to that situation to the absolute best of your ability. And yeah, absolutely. You can't That's control what, what everybody sees. You can't control if somebody pigeonholes you or not. All you really have control over is, is your own, you know, performance in, in each setting you're blessed with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that, that is one thing that I've had to, uh, learn here also i mean i, I uh, moving here to to germany um and and getting in, into the music scene actually believe it or not by accident because uh um to to backtrack a little bit when you you mentioned moving to nashville i have to be honest with you that was sort of like a like a sad time for me because that was when i you had left beehive and beehive sort of limped along uh for for a little while longer and then uh bill made the decision to move the band to nashville also and around that time i had some problems at home that prevented me from moving so everything kind of just uh fell off to the wayside and uh at that point in time i was also not happy with with what i was doing musically or even with my own playing i was just not comfortable with it i didn't feel feel good so i decided to just put it down. I, I, I said, you know, I'm not going to try to find another gig or not, not, not going to try to pursue this anymore. And then of course, met, met, met a girl, moved to Germany, following the girl, married the girl. And in that process, I sold all of my stuff, every possession wow. that I had, amplifiers, wow. pedals, guitars, you name it, uh, studio equipment. I sold it all. And so you I had, you had really, you'd really decided like, I'm pretty much done yeah. with this. Yeah, I, 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 I got out of that boat, man. And I had only one guitar left. That's it. And, uh, and, I, and I moved here to Germany with this one guitar, thinking to myself, okay, new life, new culture, new everything. And I'll just have my little guitar here to keep me, 
to keep me busy on, on whenever I want to jam yeah, a little bit. Little you know? pastime thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, but but as things go, uh, one thing led to another. Uh, my wife's cousin heard one of the Beehive CDs, and she gave it to her boyfriend, who was a musician, and ball just started rolling and the next thing i know i'm getting phone calls to play here and play there wow. and could you help me here could you help me there and the next thing i know man i'm there's like the mafia you know you yeah. can't get out <laughs> you cannot escape man and uh, and they just sucked me back in and <laughs> and there i was again having to buy new gear new guitars new pedals new everything relearn how to play because i hadn't played in like a, wow. a year and a half two years yeah Man, I can relate to you so so deeply on that on that level because there have been well multiple times um, I'd gotten so so frustrated and you know so beaten down by um, by you know the challenges of, of of the music industry and and at some point we'll get into a lot more detail uh, about those you know the, those circumstances but um, you know I remember. You know, I remember the first time I, I threw my hands up in the air and said, and just said, God, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. It's just bringing me more heartache than it is fulfillment. And, you know, I, I wanted to be away from it. And yeah. it's funny how uh, the universe kind of decided, well, no, you're not done with this. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it sounds like the same thing happened to you. And, um, and it's, it, it's, uh, it's both encouraging and, and like frustrating at the same time. You're like, oh, here we go again. You know, it's like, it's like oh, but, come on, man, really? No, but, yeah. but you can't, um, you can't change who you are, who you were created to, to be. And, and no. music happens to be one of the communication uh, methods that has been manifested through you in a, in a very divine way. Everybody who knows you, everybody who knows you, knows you as a guitar player. Not that that's the only thing you are, but they always associate you with music. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and here you are, you know, you move, uh, I don't know how many thousands of miles Germany is from the <laughs> States, but you Quite go away. <laughs> you know talk about being far removed from your music and then here yeah. you are now again you know uh, mr guitar i know you've you've done touring and sessions and you know corporate you know private you've done everything there and um pretty much it's just, it's just funny how that stuff you know even if you can take you can take the income away right you can take the gigs away you can take all these, strip all these things, the gear, you can take the gear away as you know, yeah. the case, but you can't take the musician away. You know, it, it just remains pretty. Absolutely, man. That is, that is something that uh, has been ingrained in our DNA. I mean, um, and, and it's not for lack of trying, you know, I, yeah. I have, I have knowingly and willfully tried to walk away from this a couple of times now. And it's just, yeah. The farther away I walk, the bigger the pool. Yeah, you know, and and then I and one day, you know, because here um, in Germany, the uh, to live off music is quite a bit more difficult than in the states. Um, to find gigs here is is a lot more difficult. Music venues are not as uh, um, easily available as yeah. in as in the states. Um, sessions are harder to come by because of the fact that um, you have a lot of good players in a very small space. Mm. Uh, so everybody's vying for all of these uh, gigs. So it's it's really difficult to make a living off music here. And I got to the point where not playing to playing a lot and being really busy and even joining a band here. And we toured for three or four years and we were even on the German version of M MTV here and so on and so forth and then you know just like a shooting star went and it just all collapsed mm. and i went back to the whole you know trying to find a gig here trying to find a gig yeah. there i have to get a job to supplement the income because i was not making enough income and yeah. i started going through that whole thing again in my head of you know why am i doing this you know what in the world what yeah. why am i beating my head against the wall again yeah this is this is illogical <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, so i i started that process 
again, believe it or not, af after my sons were born. Mm. Um, that period, since I had to spend so much time in the hospital with them, that sort of broke a lot of the communication that I had with the music community. Uh, and I actually lost a few or more than a few gigs mm. during this period of six months where I did not even, did not talk to anybody, didn't even mm. pick up my instrument. Mm. And when I came back, it was like a lot of the opportunities had moved on because yeah. other guys had to fill in my, my shoes. And uh, at that moment, I, I made the decision of, okay, I'll take this as a sign that it's time for me to, put this to bed already, you know, enough. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and about a year into it, after I removed the business side of it from my head and I sat down and I just listened to music purely for the enjoyment of music. Yeah. And I picked up my instrument purely for the enjoyment of playing mm. Music, creating music, you know, creating something. There's not that many people in the world that can do what you and I can do. Right. They cannot create music, you know. The, the, uh, so that's a real privilege. Yeah. And that's how I started viewing it. You know, the good Lord above, thank you, God, bless me with the ability to create something that not many people can. Yeah. So I decided to start, start, start approaching it from, from that angle. Just do it. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know, if nobody listens to it, fine. I still made it for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if millions enjoy it, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just do it for me. Not do it for a record label, not do it for a band, not do it for publicity or for your next uh, Instagram or Facebook live video. Right, right. Just do it for you. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and that joy came back. That's amazing. And, uh, and people started noticing that. And I started getting a few gigs again. But now my goal is to play music to enjoy myself yeah and to bring joy to my life and to my situation and to teach my kids how to play music because yeah. they love they love music so yeah i sit with them and we listen to all kinds of music all kinds of bands and i have one son learning bass and he's crazy about you uh i have another son learning the drums so, so cool. i got my power trio now i oh, got the bass and drums. how cool <laughs> is it that now uh you know you've and you're not an old guy uh, by any means it's like you're already creating a legacy in your son's life you know a musical legacy which is a gift that they will cherish i'm sure for the rest of their life um, i hope so <laughs> it's, uh, it's so amazing the um the idea of of going back to to playing music just for for the enjoyment of it taking essentially taking the, the pressure off of yourself you know yeah it's a that's a that's a really that's a heavy concept to, to discuss when you really break it down because our you know we start out in love with music the goal becomes this is all i want to do i want to want to be able to make a living doing music mm -hmm. you maybe you you're lucky enough to reach that goal you're making a living playing music but now music has sort of stepped into this sort of um, uh, paradoxical role of both providing you, theoretically providing you the fulfillment that you've always wanted from doing it all the time to also becoming a liability uh, yeah. because now you're relying on it for your livelihood and for your income and to provide for your family. Mm -hmm. And those, those two <laughs> those two th those are two opposing forces really when you think about mm -hmm. it and um and some people you know some of you that are that are watching this or listening to this you know it, you may unless you've kind of been in that position it may kind of sound interesting or or surprising because you know there's a very fine line between that fulfillment and liability yeah. when, when you start doing music for for a living yeah and, very fine um, line and if and you know, I try to I try to be as transparent as I can in these interviews because I want I don't want I don't want to come across ever as like, oh man, yeah, I became a musician and I, I started making a living in music and you know it's just been so awesome since then yeah. you know because because my dream came true you know, of course this has been um, you know more than anything else like a, a blessing but and a gift. But it is so difficult um, 
it seems like it gets harder every year to be able to sustain uh, this, this, this type of career. And, you know, it, it, it really does, unless you are in that sort of elite top fraction of a percent that's at the very top of, of the mainstream charts and, and, you know, you have that, that machine going for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you really do. You are, you are really forced to, to diversify and at least in some context to be able to, to make all of the, make all the points converge together on an actual livelihood. It's, it's very, yeah. very challenging. And, um, it is something that, that I, I don't think it's talked about enough by, by those that are in, in the positions where people really, the positions people aspire to, to be in. I would love to mm-hmm. hear more, more players that are just household names talk more about the challenges. Um, and some of them are, don't get me wrong, but. Yeah, yeah some of them are. And, you know, and, and some of them have been very open and honest about it. Uh, there's one, one cat in, in, in particular that I, that I, by chance, believe it or not, it was by chance. I was actually watching, I was watching a Tim Pierce video the session guitarist, Tim Pierce, and he had invited this cat on there by the name of uh, uh, Tom Bukovac. Man, I, and, I know Tom. I've, I've played sessions with Tom in Nashville before. Oh, he's, my goodness, what a monster, amazing. dude. Woo! He is amazing well, anyway, on so many levels. Yeah, he has his own podcast, and he's been, and he, every once in a while, he talks about that, talks about the fact that even this, you know, top echelon of players, this 1% of uh, session players that get, practically every call there is to do practically every session um 2020 showed that they are just as vulnerable as as anyone else and yep. some of them for lack of a better term and i'm not trying to be funny here but uh, they had to face the music and realize that oh my goodness uh i need to find something else to do quick to make ends meet because this is the livelihood is gone yeah yeah, I, I've said choice. it on other videos before. I, I, I call 2020 the great equalizer for that very yeah, reason. Yeah, absolutely. It no, um, no level of, of success, however you define that, is, has been mm-hmm. immune from it. There's, there's, been, there's been casualties, you know, and, and everybody's yeah, unfortunately. Really just about. Unfortunately, yeah. But we gotta keep on trucking, uh, yeah. and uh, and I like to watch Tom because Tom, you know, Tom basically just bo- bo- boils it down to uh, just pick up your guitar and play, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, and make the and make the cares go away, and uh, yeah. that's what I've been doing in 2020. That's that's what I did, and 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 oddly enough, 2020 for me, studio wise was one of the busiest years that I've had. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. I've been doing this for more than 30 years. And yeah. 2020, I did, I think, more studio gigs than the last two years combined or, or, the, yeah. or the two previous years combined. Man, you are um, not the first person I've, I've talked to. I, I can't say the same for, for myself, um, although I'm, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised it didn't, the studio stuff did not completely disappear thanks to my ability to do things remotely for people. But yeah. you're not the first person I've talked to. I, I've talked to numerous people that have told me that this 2020 was their strongest year as far as their recording revenue or their um, uh, crowdfunding or social media based revenue right. uh, is, is concerned, you know, like with their Patreon mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So so there is a way to to, to survive all of this. It's just. Mm-hmm. You really, you, you really do though. You really have to work hard at kind of figuring out, you know, what are the paths that are still viable um, yeah. and so much has been, has been shut down. And I'm, boy, I'm, I know I'm busting at trying to figure that out. I don't have it all figured out yet, but. Um, and we might not have it all figured out e- e- either, but the process will, will dictate yeah. where we go next. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would like to mention to the to the uh, to the people that are that are watching this is, uh, or, or to guitar to guitar players that are probably looking into getting in, in into the business, uh, one lesson that I that I that I learned, which was a very difficult lesson, not being in this lesson, but for me the uh, um, the the thought process within me uh, is the fact that the guitar 
and music do not define who I am as a human being. Uh, amen to that. Yeah. Um, and and that was a hard lesson for me to learn because I always, for a very long time, I always thought that people liked me or respected me or, or, or called me or any, wanted to hang out with me because of what I could do with the instrument. Um, and, and for a long time, that's how I lived. Um, and it was not until I decided to put my instrument down the second time living here that I realized that I didn't have any friends walk away mm. that were not involved in the music industry. Mm. These people just, they, they were still there. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter how I did it. They were still there for me. They were still calling me. We were still spending time together. Um, you know, have, having good friendships and, yeah. and not once that I have to talk about, about my, my, my guitar or play my guitar. Yeah. And that's when I realized, okay, this is this for some of us, this has been sort of an ego problem of the mm. fact that, okay, things are not good right now. Uh, so I need to get another job or I, or I need to get a job in order to compliment, but then people are not going to look at me seriously and people are not going to take me seriously. Yeah. Uh, and they choose to stay in the, in this problem uh, area. I have one person that comes to mind here that is exactly, that is actually struggling with that at the moment. And this person has really, in my opinion, has brought, um, more heartache upon themselves than what is needed simply mm. because their ego is preventing them from stepping out of this musical spotlight of, you know, I'm a musical yeah. genius. And if I step out of this, people are not going to take me seriously anymore. Right, right. So maybe some people might not take you ser uh, um, seriously anymore, but I think that's going to be only a small percentage. Yeah. Everyone else that, that you surround your, yourself with, I'm pretty sure that they won't hate you or mock you or think you're any less if you put down your instrument or you have to put down your instrument for one reason or another. Yeah. Our, 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 our friendship, um, for me, it has never been about the music. Yeah. It's oh, been about, of course. Yeah. it's been about Adam Nitti, the person, the human being. Um, you're, my, you're my brother. You've, you've been my brother from, from the first time we met. And, and music has not had had anything to do with it. It's a cool bonus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's but it but it's never been the driving force in our in our in our in our friendship. Yeah. Um, and even Great. with someone like my wife, you know, when she first met me, uh, she she got to see me play live on stage a few times, and she listened to the recordings that I've done and the songs that I've written and things like that, and. Um, when I started struggling with this um, situation of should I continue, should I not continue, she reminded me, it's like, look, I didn't marry you just because you can play the guitar or you can play cool solos. Or anything. I married you because of you. Yeah. So even if you could no longer play the guitar, that doesn't matter because I still have you. And yeah. that really drove the point home to me, you know, that um, the guitar does not define who I am. That's a, and that's that was a, and, and, yeah, we and, and that was a huge weight off my back. We, I'm sorry. There's an echo. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, again. and that was a huge and that was a huge weight off my back. Yeah, man. And thank I, you and for I sharing want... that. That's really, really good. Well, our our identities obviously cannot be completely wrapped up or just encompassed by what what we do musically or yeah. or whatever whatever your skill set you know is or your career is. Um, we we have to be the same person whether or not we have a. A guitar in our hands you know it's it's yeah. really important what a great point thanks thanks so much for that i i can't continue to ignore the um the countless amplifiers that are stacked on top of your head in this in this video that you're suspending with your with your head uh now is the point where we get to the nerdy section of of the interview where you, you talk about yeah! you know your gear and gear um, gear I, I'd love to know selfishly what you used uh, to, to play through for, for the tune on my record. And if there's anything else you want to, you know, share, love to hear it. Yeah. Um, on your tune, um, I got to play a, a guitar that sadly I don't have with me anymore. It was on loan. 
um, uh, par part of my musical experience here has been that the Lord has blessed me with a great, great, great opportunity to work with the largest or one of the largest, I think they're the largest, music distribution companies in, oh, wow. in Germany, if not Europe. Wow. Uh, and I've, and uh, I have a couple of dear friends who work for this company and this company uh, provides different brands or they carry different brands. And one of the brands that they carry is uh, Vox, mm -hmm. Vox amplifiers. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been blessed, man. Those guys at Vox have been just super amazing folks, man, that believe in what I do and like what I do on the, on, on the guitar. And they believed in me enough to let me play their stuff and sponsor me. And um, that's great. So I've been cool. I've 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 been with them now since 2007 I think. Wow. That's 2008. Awesome. Uh I I well I used to do uh clinics for Vox amps to show the new products and uh new pedals and guitars and everything else that Vox has brought out through the years. I have I'm surrounded by Vox gear. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> and uh and uh, for for the album, I used um, my AC30 hand wired, which is over here, but you cannot cool. see it right now. Cool. And and I used as a as a as a second amp uh, this new series from Vox called the MV series, which are these little small yet very powerful, great sounding uh, amps. Um, that and they have five different um, styles or Are they like sounds. a practice amp kind of thing? Is no, no, no. It no. is an actual amplifier. You, of course, you can use it for practicing. Actually, you know what? I'll just I'll show you right now because it's standing right next to me. All I gotta do is unplug it. So you can see it. And this is the other amp that I use. Oh wow, it's bite sized. It is. That's amazing. And it's called the uh, Vox um, MV50 uh, Boutique. Cool, cool. And it's a, it's a, this, this is a, an actual fully functional amplifier that you can use on live gigs or in the studio. Wow. Even though it, it looks like a pedal or it, it, it is the size of a pedal, but this sucker pushes out 50 watts, man. Wow. That is really it's a, cool. It's a monster. It, hmm. it, it really, and it has a great tone. And I know we can get into the whole debate of, tube versus solid state right, versus right, right. yeah well these guys use a technology called new tube which mm -hmm. is an actual tube it's an actual triode uh tube in there but they use uh led lights okay. to to do 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 their magic cool. i'm not an engineer so i don't know exactly how they did that all i can tell you is to my ears i can put this sucker right next to my all tube ac30 and they're neck and neck man wow no joke no that joke. says a lot. That's really impressive. So, wow. I used that and uh, the, the guitar, unfortunately, which I was going to say. Also, I got it from, from the folks at the name of the company is Musik Maya. Okay. And they're one of the largest or the largest um, music distributors here in Germany or in Europe. And the folks at Musik Maya also carry um, Ernie Ball. And uh, they've been nice enough to provide me through the years with Ernie Ball stuff and Ernie Ball picks. And, uh, <laughs> and they have also provided me with Ernie Ball guitars. Nice. And this one in particular was, um, for me, a dream. It was a, it was a Steve Lukather model, uh, the, the Luke, Luke 3. In, uh, in um, what was the name of that color? They, they call it plum plum burst it was a it was a purple guitar mm. i'm a huge prince fan my favorite color is purple <laughs> and they brought this guitar and i was like dude i gotta try this guitar yeah. out so they gave it to me on loan for a couple of months and that's the guitar that i used for the for the fantastic for the for the for the, for the solo for the album so and now i know and 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 the most important piece uh because I had to throw that into the loop. Um, you and I um, uh, share uh, similar gear that comes from the same company. 
Oh, from, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, uh, from our good friend Bob Weil oh, in, yeah. in, 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 Franklin, in Franklin, Tennessee, Mr. True Tone. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is what I used on the album, uh, on, the, on the solo, the Route 66, man. Yeah. This thing was, you know, what can I say? It, it was just, it just sings. It makes your, your guitar sing. It makes the amp sing. It just opens things up. And Boy, he's, yeah, Bob's doing some amazing things. Oh, man, for, for sure. Bob is the man. Stuff really and his stuff. gear and his gear is amazing i highly for those of you watching go check it out true tone formerly known as visual sound yeah true tone pedals root check it I out i have a six uh, years ago um when they were still visual sound bob was so kind he he took a route 66 and he he modded it for me to cater more to to bass and mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what he did, but it essentially what it did was it, it retained more low end when it was in drive mode so that yeah. it didn't get you know filtered out as as much. And cool. uh, yeah, since then, I've I've got my own little collection of, of visual sound <laughs> and true tone pedals that that I really enjoy. And, and uh, yeah, I got yeah, them all over the sure, place, uh, man. I'm sure he appreciates the the shout out as as well. So very I, very. Cool. I got him all over the place. I got you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got him laying all over the studio. I got visual sound true tone stuff all over the studio. Yeah. So and speaking I also of want to this, oh go ahead. Yes. I and I and I and I also want to mention two more um, uh, companies that have been very. Um, they've been awesome, to me. Um, the, one of the company's names is uh, Hackstrom, Hackstrom Guitars out of oh, Sweden. Cool. Yeah, I've been using Hackstrom also the last uh, few years, three or four years. Uh, beautiful guitars. And the guitar company that really took a chance with me after I moved here and I started doing session work and I started playing with different bands and I hit the road, uh, I called them out of the blue. My wife said, because I, I mentioned to her, it's like, I'm on the road, I need guitars, and I cannot buy them. Who, how can I get this? And she's like, why don't you call somebody? I'm like, no, 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 no one's going to give me guitars. I mean, they don't even know who I am. Um, but she said to try anyway, and I did, and I contacted a, a couple of people, and one of them got back to me, and the name of the company is Blade, Blade Guitars. Oh, These guys cool. right here. Yeah, absolutely. There, there we go. Blade guitars, they make beautiful, oh, nice. beautiful instruments that play and sound fantastic. And these guys took a chance on me and made me one of their uh, one of their endorsers That's so without cool. even without even knowing anything about me. I literally had a meeting with them and they just went just from the vibe that they got from me. That's awesome. Um, and they've been supporting me ever since. Blade guitars, really quick, are made by Gary Levinson, who is, a, is an American who lives in Switzerland. And he's been building guitars for over 30 years. And this is his, uh, this is the result. Uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal instruments. That's so cool. And, um, and they've been really supportive. So, Gary, if you're watching, thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate it yeah we'll have to make sure to to share this with with all of of your your sponsors and and man thank you by the way for for uh for giving them them props because it's because of companies like these and for me it, it's been you know, aguilar diadario ibanez i mean with without these companies support we just you know we just don't have as much access to the to to the great gear and that's true know, that my companies have been supportive and in educational endeavors as well so so yeah we all you know to all these companies we we just we love you all and and appreciate absolutely it. so thank you for yes. thank you for bringing that up that's that's really awesome um kind of yes drawn to drawn to a close here i want to make sure that people if they no. want to hire you to to play on on their music um again you know the one the the, the beauty of this technology that exists now is that we can we don't have to be in the same room to to get tracks done and hire great players what is the best way for for people to get in touch with you if they want um your skills on their tunes oh man um facebook and instagram okay if you don't if you don't know me personally or you don't know some of the some of the people that work with me you can look me up on Facebook under D Rosario, or you can look me up on uh, Instagram under the D Rosario. Cool. 
Awesome. Because there are a few, I found out the hard way that there's a few more D Rosarios out there. <laughs> I, I thought I was the only one and I've been robbed of the privilege. Okay. Oh no. So now I can't say yeah. the one, the only D Rosario. It's like the one of a few. The one D of many D, D Rosarios. <laughs> but certainly my favorite D Rosario out there. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else that before we go that you want to share with anyone in terms of like projects that you want to share or stuff for them to look out for? Any, any news whatsoever that you want to share? Oh, man. All I can say is uh, support your local musicians. You know, try to do as much as you can to support them. You know, I know some guys are even delving into uh, creating merch, you know, merchandise. Uh, yeah. Go to their websites, go to their merch stores, buy their stuff, buy their music. Um, that's the best way that you can help some of these cats or all of these cats. I mean, yeah. the, the, we all need help. Me, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any merch, and I don't have any music to to sell. So you can support me by calling me to do sessions for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be more yeah. than happy to. They'll be more than happy to. So yeah, and and I've been encouraging everyone. Please, please take these players up on their on their offer. This has been a a, a great outlet to to learn that you can have direct interaction with these every one of these players that's been interviewed so so far has been kind enough to to offer that that access. So excellent, um, Mandy. Thank you so much for for doing this, and it's so great to see you. And I'm I'm just oh, so man. grateful that we can do this uh, across across uh, the computers and just make it all happen so i know it's crazy man here we are two continents away and and with a big ocean between us and it feels like i'm in your i know i'm in your studio talking man so great so it's uh and it's great to be talking to you man really i brother i really miss you man and i really miss playing with you and being on stage with you and i'm hoping and praying that one day soon we can do this again amen there or here or who knows Amen. The, the feelings mutual, um, man, all the best to you and, um, God bless you and your, and your beautiful family. And, um, yeah, likewise, man, I hope we can hope we're able to hang in person again, uh, but before too long. So everybody just, just, uh, has D said, you know, just, just try to support folks. You know, if, if, if you, if you have the ability to, um, you know, players uh, like us are, are really trying to, you know, stretch, and um, make ourselves available in, in different ways. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we love all y'all. And, and for those of you watching, watching, and for those of you watching, if you haven't bought it yet, I'm not saying this because Adam is my is my is my brother. Uh, I'm 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 saying this with all sincerity. Um, get the new city. Uh, it is a phenomenal city. Oh, Excellent you. musicianship. Uh, the guitar players on there whoo, are just. Uh, unbelievable man yeah. and i'm not talking about me i'm talking about the other guys scott yeah. and uh uh and the guy i forget the name Marco, oh my goodness i feel Marco's so bad funny. yeah oh my god yeah goodness yeah goodness we interviewed gracious, him man. as well so he's he's also gonna be i'm looking forward to that interview man because that cat whoo just tore it up man cool, oh man thank you unbelievable. for the, thank you for the album plug i really appreciate it yeah cool. i love you brother please give a big hug to your wife for me will do love you too and i hope and, you uh, have a wonderful rest of the week man likewise man may god bless you all right man chat soon take care brother all right bye